disturbing from my slumber. I am Eternal Dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 116 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Man, what an episode what an episode right okay but we'll get into that more in a minute don't worry it's coming uh as always guys i want to encourage you to please go to the facebook page facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast leave me a comment like a couple things etc we've been having some pretty good conversation over there lately been sharing a lot of interesting things speaking of interesting things that will be shared very soon on said page I'm finally ready to launch the Patreon account. Uh, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here and hope and say that it should be up about the same time as this podcast episode. Uh, If it's not, then uh, don't, you know, blame me (laughs) because I'm having a little bit of an issue with Patreon. Not not a big issue. Just something's not working properly the way that it should through the app and it's working fine on desktop, but it may not be. Uh, essential to me launching the page so i may just go ahead and launch it anyway but uh yes patreon so patreon.com uh slash rock the dragon podcast you should you can go there once again i've obviously been talking about this for the past couple months on the podcast so i'm not going to go into the whole reason why i'm doing this again the short version of it is you know i just Hoping to create some extra bonus sort of content for you guys for you to just contribute a small amount of, you know, dollars a month. You can I mean, you guys know how Patreon works, right? (laughs) You're essentially just contributing to some of your favorite creators to get bonus content, right? So Rock the Dragon podcast is always free. It's always been free. There's never been any ads on this podcast. There won't be any ads on this podcast. I mean, unless some major opportunity happens within the next couple weeks, (laughs) but we don't have that many episodes left of Dragon Ball Super. We've got about 15 episodes left of the show so that, you know, I'm not expecting anything crazy massive to happen between now and then that would make me want to put ads on here. But what I will do is for, once again, a small amount each month there will be two options for you guys it's all laid out on the page i'm going to share the page on the facebook page so if you want to go there and just click you'll see the patreon there's a video there's a whole breakdown of exactly what's included just sort of a little quick uh reminder that is that i'm going to be talking about dragon ball content of course that'll be me reviewing dragon ball z movies uh talking about dragon ball gt talking about dragon ball video games it could really be anything that i could possibly think of and of course i'll always be willing to take requests too if there's something in specific you guys want me to talk about you can look forward to that uh audio commentary tracks you know for for some of the movies Uh, there's just all sorts of things you know i have action figures i might make some little videos with the action figures it could be anything if you guys have seen my youtube channel you know that i just spontaneously make shit so you can (laughs) you can expect a lot of that and more over at the patreon page but that's not all there will also be another option where you can get all of the dragon ball content as well as anything else that i may come up with okay and this is a monthly sort of thing so general movie reviews tv show reviews things just you know not just dragon ball stuff goes beyond that so you may be asking yourself well what incentive do i have right now to go and contribute to the patreon well at launch i have 
one thing I did was I did a podcast. I kind of set up a new sort of podcast. It's called <laughs> it's called Rock the Dragon, a Patreon podcast. Okay, so this will be exclusive to Patreons, to patrons. Uh, and at launch, I'm going to have a full review of Dark Phoenix. Okay, the new X Men movie. Oh, if you've been paying attention to everything that's been going on, on social media and on the interwebs regarding that movie, <laughs> this is this is probably a review you really want to hear. You want to hear me talk about this because you you know you'll be surprised that you'll probably be surprised at my reaction to it. Let's just say that. But you definitely want to hear. You definitely want to check it out. In addition to that, I also talk about the entire X Men movie franchise. I mean, why not? You know, if this is the last film in the current X Men continuity then there's all the more reason for me to jump into the past films and just kind of start back then and bring it all the way up until now. So I give you guys about a good solid hour of just X-Men movie talk. Uh, of course, the main focus of that being review of Dark Phoenix. Not only that, uh, as you guys know, if you've been following the Facebook page, you know that there is a new Dragon Ball Z video game about to be released. OK, because I shared that I shared the trailer a couple of times on the page. Um, and since then, they had it's called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. OK, and they recently at E3 released about 10 minutes or so of gameplay footage. So also on the Patreon, I will have a video commentary of me giving my thoughts on that gameplay footage. OK, there's a little bit of me just kind of talking about you know, general Dragon Ball Z games. And then I get into the actual review of the gameplay footage. And that is a video. Not only that, <laughs> I also will have a short review of a film called Brightburn. I'm not sure how many of you guys saw that, but it was a film that came out. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It didn't it didn't really make a big splash out in the box office, but it's still a geek sort of movie. Uh, it's sort of a story that's it's almost like if Superman came to Earth and he was a bad guy instead of a hero. Right. But as a kid, it's basically Superman, but it, it's not right. It's not a DC movie. It's not officially Superman. It's just a story that's being told that's supposed to sort of be like, what if Superman came to Earth and to the, to take over the planet instead of trying to save it? Right. And this is a story that's obviously been visited many, many times throughout DC Comics history. But this is just a sort of outside perspective take on it. And I, so I, I did see the movie. So I figured I'd do a quick little review and talk about that for you guys who may want to hear that, uh, who may have seen the movie. So at launch for the Patreon, you will have at least three different things. So that's I think that's pretty good considering <laughs> my schedule these days and my crazy ass life where I can't even get in front of my computer half the time for different reasons that I won't go into. But so, yeah, uh, once again, patreon.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Go to the Facebook page. Go. Please become a patron. Uh, many of you guys have already expressed interest in being a part of that. I will thank you. And I hope you still continue to uh, to want to be a part of that. And if so, uh, you can look forward to a lot of bonus special things exclusively for you guys so thanks for that uh okay well with that being said um there's a lot of stuff to talk about this episode okay so we want to i want to jump into uh what are you saying for a minute once again we have an email segment here called what are you saying um so send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com if there's some questions comments concerns that you want to uh talk about on here 
I'm going to break it in half because I got a few emails. I figured after this episode, I would get a few. Uh, so about two of these we're going to talk about beforehand because they're pretty short and they don't necessarily refer directly to episode 116. Uh, and the others will take after. OK, including a brand new audio recording question uh, <laughs> for uh, what are you saying from Ricky? Okay, so we'll have that again and we'll get into this whole thing and it'll be an excellent episode. So thank you guys for being super patient and thank you for uh, tuning in every week. Okay, so let's see. The very first email we're going to have here is from Helson. Helson's a relatively new listener. Once again, thank you so much for uh, checking out the podcast and becoming a listener. Helson writes, what are you saying? Hey, Tim, this is Helson again. I just finished listening to your podcast, episode 115, 115. I heard you had a question about Beerus naming Goku's form as Autonomous Ultra Instinct on whether he names him like that in the sub, and the answer is no. In the Japanese version, he calls it Ultra Instinct. Autonomous is just a dumb thing Funimation added, as if the name needed to be longer. <laughs> Now, another thing is I've been hearing a lot of problems on the frame rates for the dub versions. I already saw the anime on sub last year, so I haven't paid attention to the English version until it's finally done, until it's fully done. But from what I've gathered, it's only an issue with Toonami altering the frame rate for broadcasting. Funimation have clarified that the Blu-ray releases don't have that problem, and I think the Funimation Now streaming app does not have the issue either, but I'm not 100% sure on that one, but it's something to check. Take care. Helson, thanks again for uh, writing in. Uh, always good to hear from new listeners. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I did have a question. I was wondering if... Uh, if, if, if Ultra Instinct was called Autonomous Ultra Instinct and, the, and it, there was just something about it that told me that that was probably something that was added in the English dub. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I, I bet I bet there's a little bit of a difference here for some reason. So you say it's just some dumb thing Funimation added as if the name needed to be longer. <laughs> OK. Uh, and yeah, we talked a lot about we talked a lot about the frame rates and all those things. I, I don't know if that was episode 115 or 114. But yeah, we talked about it. There was a uh, an article that I shared that was shared with me on the Facebook page that just kind of explained why that was. They took some of the frames out in certain scenes because it was, it was triggering folks with epilepsy. And they were just there's new standards now. And for the uh, for the English version of it, I mean, from the. You know, I'm not sure if it's Cartoon Network standards or if it's standards just for broadcast television in the United States or what. But there are definitely some differences there between what's allowed here and what's allowed in Japan. Uh, so that explains a lot of that. Uh, and as you said, I don't know if I really went into this, but yes, with the with the Blu-rays, it's supposed to be the sort of original sort of unedited, unaffected versions because you know, you're paying for that. So obviously, if you're paying for something, you want it to be the best possible version of it. So, yeah, uh, I did actually read that also. Uh, you know, it's just like the, you know, remember at the beginning of Dragon Ball Super, all of the episodes kind of looked shitty, just animation wise. Uh, you know, they fixed all of that in times for the for the Blu-ray releases. You know, here, here's something that's a little bit off topic, but not really, I guess. I don't. <laughs> has anybody actually bought any of the Blu-ray releases of Dragon Ball Super so far? Uh, I haven't. And, you know, I, I don't know if I will. I mean, it's 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 weird, right? Because you're, you're talking to someone who obviously I, once again, I've said this before. I own Dragon Ball Z on Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, all of that. 
But I, I haven't had much desire to buy Dragon Ball Super yet, probably because it's still going on, you know, and maybe after like a year or two, once it's off air and I don't have access to all the episodes anymore online or whatever, uh, then maybe I might consider buying it. But there's just a lot of it that I don't like. <laughs> I, I, I don't I honestly don't see myself wanting to buy the Resurrection F saga like I didn't really like any of that. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if I want to own it. Right now, this tournament of power stuff, you know, maybe I'll just buy that. But at the same time, it's kind of weird buying one section of a series and not buying the whole thing. So who am I kidding? I'm probably going to end up buying the entire damn thing, especially since they redid the animation. Right. Because a lot of those problems I had with the early episodes of Dragon Ball Super, you know, including the Resurrection F saga was that it didn't look good. So if they redid all that. Then maybe, you know, with that being said, maybe I will check it out anyway. So, yeah, it's good to know that. And you said you think the Funimation Now streaming app does not have the issue either, but you're not 100 percent sure. But it's something to check. OK, I got you, Helson. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to write in and kind of help us get some clarification on that. We've got one more email here that I'm going to uh, read. It's very short. And then we'll jump into the episode talk for the week. This is from Jalen. Uh, Jalen says Android 17 and 18 fusion. Uh, he writes surprise. It already exists in Dragon Ball Heroes. <laughs> and and Jalen attached a, a photo of a character that is. Uh, and don't worry, I'll share this on the Facebook page. That is uh, apparently Android 17 and 18 fused into one character. Because you, we were, you know, the idea of Android and Seventeen doing a fusion just came up on the show itself, right after Kale and Khalifa fused. Supreme Kai suggested, "Oh, what if Seventeen and Eighteen did it?" So that got me kind of talking about it. I don't even know what that would look like, and yada yada yada. And of course, of course, I'm not surprised at all. And I'm going to assume that you verified this, Jalen, and that this isn't just a screenshot of some fan art because there's some incredible fan art out there that will make you think it's a part of the show right because because this looks great and it looks like it's a part of the show it looks like it's actually a screenshot from an episode and i know dragon ball heroes does a lot of sort of stuff that we've never seen super do or z do right i don't really want to go into the whole story of what dragon ball heroes is i think because we talked about that before but uh, I'm not surprised. There's all sorts of fusions and transformations and things like that that happen in, in Heroes and Super Dragon Ball Heroes that, you know, aren't canon. It's just a separate sort of story. So I, I trust that this is real and it, it looks cool. <laughs> it's just sort of a little description. I mean, it looks like Android 17's body, right? Because I'm not seeing any... Uh, boobs here i don't i mean you can't really maybe this isn't the best photo but 18's hair the hair is really long the hair is blonde there's the android 17 bandana and there's a very interesting sort of uh outfit to to kind of go along with it my question is what do they call this character jalen is it is it actually Android 35 or whatever like <laughs> supreme kai made the the joke is there a different name um because, you know, usually with these fusions, they find a way to combine the names together. But you can't really do that with Android 17 and 18, can you? <laughs> I mean, you you can't. I mean, what do you call them? Android 
Satine or something like that. No, that, I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but a very interesting looking character for sure. So um, one thing that's not clear about this screenshot, I can't see if there are earrings or not in this with this character. I mean, I'm assuming. Well, if it's Dragon Ball, if it's Super Dragon Ball Heroes, it could be anything. Right. Because I don't know that world. There, there may be another it could be a completely different technique of fusion that's introduced in Dragon Ball Heroes that I don't even know about. The ones we're familiar with, Potara earrings and the dance, right? <laughs> this is, clearly isn't the dance because when you do the dance, you get a certain that dance comes along with a certain outfit. It comes along with a specific little vest <laughs> and some pants. So it's not that. So I'm assuming it's the Potara earrings because they kind of it's just a combination of Android 17 and 18's clothing. Okay, but looks pretty cool. I'll share it on the Facebook page. Jalen, thanks for sharing that. Okay, well, with that being said, it's time to switch over to the episode talk for the week. So, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon podcast, episode 116, will cover episode 116 of Dragon Ball Super, titled Signs of a Turnabout. The Autonomous Ultra Instinct Erupts. That is a hell of a title right there, ladies and gentlemen. And that title is very, very representative of this episode. I'm just going to start off by saying this. This was an incredible episode, right? I mean, does anyone disagree with that? I mean, I thought that this was one of the best episodes of the entire series. Okay. And don't worry, we'll break it down. We'll get more into it. Uh, But I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed this episode from start to finish. Anyway, let's just let's just get into it. Okay. So the episode starts off with a, a very epic shot of Ultra Instinct Goku. I mean, the animation has been on fire lately, you know, in a very good way, uh, especially since this Ultra Instinct stuff has started to happen. And now that we've kind of transitioned into this section of the Tournament of Power, we've even got Goku kind of doing a little bit of trash talking at the beginning of this episode is saying, you know, you can't you can't stop me now and. Uh, I love that we we get a little bit of, of Frieza and Vegeta's reactions and Frieza says that's right Goku keep getting stronger be your best ape oh man I mean I don't <laughs> they've been killing it with the Frieza dialogue lately right it's not just me that's just that's just gold be your best ape I mean he's insulting the shit out of him with a very sort of derogatory term but at the same time it's kind of not right because the Saiyans are apes like they, they literally like transform into huge giant apes but you know when it's coming from Frieza it's just it's just a different sort of vibe <laughs> anyway so yeah we see Vegeta we get his reaction of everything that's going on now we see Jiren uh, you know, obviously they keep cutting back to him because they're, you know, they're, everyone's wondering, well, how's Jiren going to respond to this? And then we get the confirmations once again from uh, everyone on the sideline of Universe 7 that this is, in fact, um, Ultra Instinct once again. And Whis kind of jumps in. I will say this. Whis is a little bit heavy handed with the exposition this episode. I mean, <laughs> you know, and that's a that's saying a lot for Whis. But. Everything that he says is explained so well that I'm willing to let it slide because, you know, we learn a lot about Ultra Instinct in this episode. And this is what I've been waiting on. Right. I've been saying this whole time. It's getting Ultra Instinct. It looks cool. But what does it do? What does it really mean? What is it? What are the real effects? What are the real 
benefits of this? How is it different from just regular super strength, super speed, super senses? And we learn all that in this episode, mostly thanks to Weiss. So for that, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. So what we learn here is that apparently it was Kale, Kale what's her name again? Kefla. <laughs> it was Kefla's attack that triggered this transformation of Ultra Instinct. Okay. The last time it was a spirit bomb. This time it was Kefla's attack. I don't, you know, I, I'm not... He says something about Kefla's attack being just as strong as a spirit bomb. And I think that that's fucking ludicrous. But even beyond that, it's still a cool sort of explanation of it. So question is, what does this say about Ultra Instinct? Is this a form that has to be triggered by a catalyst? Does it is that a necessity? I feel like that's what they're kind of getting at here is that last time was a spirit bomb. This time it was Kefla's attack. Next time, what will it have to be? So if that is true, then that's way different from any other technique or transformation Goku's ever had. Right. Because, yeah, sure. For his initial transformation to Super Saiyan, he had to be, you know, suffer a great loss and, and feel a bunch of rage and, you know, create this need for power and all this kind of stuff. And then for a while, he kind of had to bring himself back to that place to transform. He doesn't really have to do that anymore. But we haven't really seen anything like that in terms of these other transformations, right? Like that didn't have to be necessarily a catalyst. It was just reaching a certain level and kind of figuring out how to transform. You know, I guess the only other thing would be maybe Super Saiyan God, where they needed the five Saiyans or whatever. But that wasn't really a catalyst. It wasn't like he needed to be attacked. It wasn't like he needed a, some sort of explosion to unleash it. But if they have to do that with in, Ultra Instinct... Well, then that that certainly puts some limits on that form. Right. I think that would be, you know, who knows if this will even last because think, you know, there's a lot of inconsistencies and plot holes and shit like that just throughout the entire Dragon Ball franchise. So maybe they'll forget about this later. But if this is the case to where he needs to be, you know, get some sort of catalyst where he gets hit by something that opens up uh, limitations for the power, which I like because you have to have limitations on these powers. You can't just let people continuously get super fucking strong <laughs> and it just, you know, because after a while it gets a little bit ridiculous. So if, if he can only use this thing in certain um, like dire situations as sort of a last ditch effort, last resort, you know, like a, some like a rage mode that taps in right before, you know, a lot of video games have it to where you're, <laughs> if your power, your power, your energy bar gets a little bit low all of a sudden you can trigger this new form and new attack that's just twice as strong or twice as fast so if it's if it's something like that for goku then i'm, I'm willing to kind of accept that because that kind of once again it puts limits on it it doesn't uh it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be able to stack this thing either that we you know we talked about that will he be able to stack ultra instinct on top of super saiyan blue or something Based on what we're learning about it here, it just doesn't seem like that would be something that could happen. But I don't know. Once again, I'm just theorizing and kind of speculating about shit. But I do kind of like this explanation, even though I don't like the fact that apparently Kefla's attack was as strong as a freaking spirit bomb. OK, whatever. <laughs> so Weiss kind of tells us about that. Right. And we're getting everyone kind of celebrating on the sideline. You know, something that I've learned and recent episodes specifically is that Supreme Kai of Universe 7, he's pretty useless, right? 
I, I know. I mean, I, I realize how that sounds, but just think about all of the commentary we've gotten on the sidelines from everyone. Okay, including Krillin, Tian, and Master Roshi. Supreme Kai is the only one who doesn't know shit. (laughs) Everyone else has something to contribute to. Well, Goku's probably doing this, and then he's probably doing this. And oh, this is, you know, Supreme Kai's just sitting there like a kid, surprised at every single thing that happens. (laughs) It's almost like he doesn't know anything. These Kais pretty much get bossed around by the destroyer gods. Then what what is the point of a Kai? I don't I don't I don't understand, especially Universe Sevens. Whatever, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating because he just seems like he doesn't know anything. <laughs> anyway, small side observation slash nitpick there. Um, so we get Champa's sort of reaction to this too. He you know he's trying to get Kefla to step it up because you know obviously you know at this point Goku has retreated to well not retreated he's kind of going up to like this little mountain. And he's just powering up, you know. He's just powering up. And she's asking, is that your automatic ultra reflex thing? And he says, it's autonomous ultra instinct, which felt a little bit weird that he would say that. But whatever. Um, So, yeah, he's powering up. So she says, "Okay, well, if you're going to push it to the next level, then so will I. Ah, Kefla gag. I'm so sick of hearing her say that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sick of Kale and Khalifa saying stuff like that. Well, if you're going to do this, well, I'm going to do this. So she does that. She powers up, which is apparently at this point, she's going to Super Saiyan level two here. So we knew that Khalifa could go level two by herself. Uh, as far as Kale, I don't think it was really clear because she has a completely different sort of Super Saiyan power. <laughs> you know who knows if she can even go level two or not but at this point they pretty much make it clear that kefla can go super saiyan level two so whatever nothing surprises me anymore at this point about them and as i said before as long as if we're getting some really cool fight stuff out of it i'm willing to kind of just suck it up and just deal with it you know and this is some cool shit that's going on right now uh so she's just kind of standing there powering up (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, all of this power just seems very undeserved and just sort of out of nowhere. But once again, whatever. OK. Oh, we get this really cool shot from the side of both of their power just kind of shoot up, shooting up into the sky. So, you know, if we're getting some cool action and some cool animation and all this kind of stuff, then I'm willing to kind of look, you know, past a, a lot of this story related stuff that I don't like. Uh, remember Gohan and Piccolo? well yeah they're still there we see them for a quick moment where you know piccolo just gives us some of his usual sort of commentary stuff about i'm I'm actually kind of tired of hearing him say stuff like this well i can't believe the powers reached a whole new level now i've never seen this before it's like how many times have we heard you say that piccolo (laughs) every time they get into a fight with someone new he says that Anyway, so everyone's just kind of reacting to what's going on here. Kefla's charging up her uh, uh, Sour Patch Kid rainbow, uh, you know, Froyo attack. That's what I like to call it, (laughs) because when I see those moves, it makes me hungry. It makes me want something sweet. And I think I'm going to get some candy immediately after recording this. 
Anyway, it looks cool. So she kind of spins this thing up, right? And then we see Piccolo again. Uh, and he, yeah, he's just kind of saying, you know, what's going on. He's saying that Goku's reaching deeper into his form and Goku powers up and uh, he's ready to go. And he just looks awesome. I mean, I love the fact that they made his eyes a lot bigger, right? Like the pupils are bigger than his normal form. That is something to me from a design standpoint is very uh, it's a very good idea to do because we think of well, we don't think about it when people are really aware and they're really extra awake, then their pupils get big. Right. That's something that happens. If, if someone went out and took some sort of, you know, <laughs> super potent upper drug of some sort, then their pupils get big. Right. That's just something that happens. So, like, I think it ties in well with this whole fact that he's super aware his instincts have become ultra so it's it's a, it's a very cool way of sort of uh, showing that visually as well as the design as a whole just looking awesome i mean he just his ultra instinct looks incredible <laughs> like they, they they completely nailed this design you know super saiyan god to me is still a little bit of a weird design with the red hair and the red eyes and he's all skinny and shit but like this looks good um okay so Basically, Kefla just, you know, she just goes in on him. She goes in on him. Goku is sort of, you know, just quickly just dodging everything. And we're getting reactions from the people on the sideline. You know, Champa is asking for Kefla, Kefla to step it up. He's saying, I didn't give you those earrings to, to for this to happen. <laughs> uh, and then we get a little bit of comment from Vados. She's saying that, hey, you know what? Even even with the Potara earrings, like this, this may not be enough. And then their Supreme Kai jumps up and shows a completely different side of him that we haven't seen yet. Because he's usually like, oh, what to do, what to do, and, you know, but he, you know, he's getting into it now. He's getting upset. He's getting pumped up. So we get some pretty cool scenes, some scenes that I'm pretty sure looks a lot better in the Japanese version, just based on what we've learned in the past couple episodes about the frame rates. Anytime there's any sort of fast moving stuff, I'm going to assume that we're not seeing the best version of it. But with that being said, it didn't look that bad here when he's just kind of dodging the attacks. Then we go over to Vegeta. OK, this is what I this is what I mean. We learned a lot <laughs> in this episode about Ultra Instinct. OK, Vegeta's watching this and he's like, Kakarot, what are you what's going on? Like, uh, it's almost like his body's moving independently without thinking about it. And then he has a flashback and he's like, it can't be. He flashes back to a moment that I I'm going to assume is an actual moment that happened in an episode. Once again, I've done 116 episodes where I talk about this shit. <laughs> more than that if you count the bonus one so I don't remember but I feel like I remember this moment I feel like I remember Weiss explaining this to them and saying that you guys are still thinking too much right you need to get to a point to where you don't have to think about your attacks anymore to where your body just kind of responds because your overthinking is limiting your fighting speed and then he kind of breaks it down as far as like the messages getting to, you know, your thoughts and all that kind of stuff is precious time that could be being used to dodge an attack or et cetera. And you have to be able to sort of have your body and your mind move independently 
and he says it's extremely difficult. And it sounds like he's explaining Ultra Instinct, right? So I'm not going to go back and try to find that episode and verify that that happened at some point. (laughs) I'm just going to trust that this conversation did happen because I feel like I do remember this. Anyway, it's just very cool because it ties it in. It makes it feel whole because when Goku first transformed, Whis was the one saying, oh, I didn't think he'd be able to achieve it, but he did it. So this kind of makes it feel even more, you know, real because they tie it into something that happened before. Right. Uh, and Vegeta's like, you figured it out. This is the technique that Whis was talking about. <laughs> and he says, you just had to show me up again. And I love that. <laughs> I love how every time Goku reaches a new level of some sort, Vegeta takes it as a personal attack on him. <laughs> like, it's like, man, it has nothing to do with you. But like, <laughs> I just love that. I love that that just never changes. He's always like, you just had to show me up again, Kakarot. And I wasn't trying to do an impression of Vegeta there, by the way, because <laughs> that sounded terrible. I can kind of do it a Vegeta impression sometimes, but it just depends. Anyway, so we go back and uh, we've got Kefla just kind of going at it, you know, just kind of unleashing all these attacks on Goku. And he's just flipping. He's dodging. He's moving. He does his backflip off of this ledge. He's just kind of falling through the sky. He slows down by putting his feet on the rocks. She jumps down. We get this really, really awesome shot of them falling together. And the screen goes red. And then he kind of punches her and knocks her into like a mountain. I mean, this almost feels like a different show all of a sudden. Had you told me, you know, 50 episodes ago that we would have gotten to a point to where we <laughs> this it would look this awesome and it'd be this kind of shit going on. I'd have been like, all right, well, uh, stop smoking that shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, Goku, uh, he knocked her into a mountain. Right. But there's a moment where he kind of he's looking at his hand. Right. So we know that something about what he just did didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. And even Kefla pops up and she says, well, that's is that all you got? (laughs) Like you may have some awesome reflexes, but the attacks aren't really doing anything. Right. So this is once again, we're learning more and more about Ultra Instinct uh, through these moments. And he says, yeah, I'm starting to get a handle on it now. I could do much better. Uh, And then he says, behold, the power of ultra instinct, which is a very cheesy line to say. But okay, you know, you can't win them all. (laughs) But once again, we're starting to see that there are uh, downsides to ultra instinct. And we're going to learn a lot more about that before the episode's out. And so as sort of a result of all of this stuff here, we actually see that Jiren actually wakes up. He gets out of his little trance, his little meditative state. He flies over to his crew and they're like, hey, it was like is something wrong, Jiren. And he's like, and this like, you, are you worried about this guy? So what is, what is this saying? Right. This is clearly just saying that, you know, what Goku is becoming here is starting to be a concern to Jiren, basically. Right. And, uh. I like that, you know, because Jiren, Jiren's been chilling over there. He's being very smug, very quiet, like nobody can whoop me. No one can whoop me. And then all of a sudden he gets up and is like, I don't know, maybe somebody can whoop me. <laughs> so I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah. So then we get some commentary from the you know, one of the Supreme Kai's on the sideline. 
uh, Kefla's saying it looks like you turn it up another notch, but you still haven't shown me with this upgrade that you can pack a decent punch, right? So once again, they're bringing it back around. We're getting this, we're getting this idea here, this impression that Goku's super fast and he can dodge stuff, but apparently his strength is kind of suffering for it, right? And I think the best sort of transformations here come with defects. Like no one should just be incredibly powerful and not have any downsides to it. We've seen that before, but if we want to try to do something different and super, I think this is kind of a good way of, of kind of, a, you know, showing that. But, you know, <laughs> he just kind of kicks it into gear. He, he, he shoots around, appears behind her really quickly, puts the mix on her. Uh, and then he kicks her into the ground once again, right? So it's almost like he's trying to test it out. He's saying, I got to figure this out, right? Um, he knows he can dodge everything, but but the, 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 the power of his attacks is something he's still trying to figure out. And to help sort of reiterate that, we go to the sidelines and then we go, and, and now we go back over to Weiss over in the Tournament of Power. Weiss, it's almost like uh, it's almost like a news report, right? They're just like, and now back to Weiss because he's going to give us he's going to explain what the hell is happening here because they're saying that how is Kefla still standing after all the attacks she just took from Goku? Weiss is saying that his his strikes are not nearly as potent as they should be considering the extent of his power. Perhaps he is not figured out how to make his muscles work through Ultra Instinct yet and how to com command them because, well, you know, his body's kind of moving on its own, right? And we'll we'll get more into this in, in a minute. But then Goku says, I'm going to finish this right now. Uh, I will say this. I've mentioned this a little. I haven't talked much about the Ultra Instinct theme music. I don't know. I think the first time it kicked in, it just wasn't very impressive to me. But in this scene i love it it's just something about it it works so well with what's what's happening here i don't know last time it just didn't <laughs> but this time it was getting me pumped up i'm like go 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 fight the distance I, I, I mean like you know it's not very creative lyrically but whatever man it gets you pumped up uh so yeah we we see cab for a minute he puts in his two cents um Kefla's basically saying, I'm going to throw everything I have into this next attack. Okay, so she, man, she powers the hell up in some rage blast where she's sending out all of these little lasers everywhere and they're cutting through mountains and they're just destroying stuff. And visually, it looks pretty great. Uh, Champa's wondering, he's like, what kind of move is that? Vado says her energy is radiating outward in every direction as highly concentrated rays like laser beams. So she's just kind of, you know, just going everywhere. I guess I guess her thought process is here. I can't hit him with basic head on attacks with like melee attacks. I can't sit back and throw one blast at him at a time. He'll dodge it or even several. So I kind of need to unleash power going everywhere at once to try to do something about it, which is kind of a smart technique. But it's coming from the wrong place with Kefla. She's all about rage and fighting and not really thinking here. And it's just something they talked about before, right? I guess that's sort of the downside. We talk a lot about, you know, I talk a lot about how much I don't like the power ups 
for Kale and Khalifa and all that kind of stuff. But if they if they manage to flip it and say, you know what, they got these power ups really quickly and really easily, but they don't know how to handle it. And then it affects them later on. Then it starts to kind of become a little bit more okay, Right. And I think maybe we're seeing that a little bit with Kefla. So. Oh man, exciting scene. We've got we've got Goku just rushing toward her, just kind of fighting, just kind of blazing through these 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 laser rays and they say, "Hey, if even one of those really hits him head on, he'll be out of the out of it." Because we know that Ultra Instinct doesn't last very long. It's a very big powerful sort of uh, drain on his strength. And we also know at this point that it doesn't really uh it, do, it doesn't really, you know, enhance his his attacks much just because of the issue that he's having with it. And, and we'll talk more about that. So Goku starts to power up a Kamehameha and and it's just such a cool scene. I love it when he does these drawn out ones where he starts in one spot and he says Ka, and then we go to something else for a couple seconds and he comes back and he goes may I mean talk about getting fucking excited me and, and at the same time he's kind of heading toward her right he's jumping on rocks and he's just kind of like running toward her and he's charging this thing up the entire time and it's cool because they it would have been very easy for the writers to forget at this point that there is no flight in the tournament of power but they remembered you know, any other time in any other situation, Goku would have been able to just fly toward her. But he has to run. He has to run and he has to jump on these blocks and, these, you know, and shit like that. And it's just it's it's adding to the suspense because we get to sort of watch him traverse his way toward her. Meanwhile, she's just unleashing everything she has at once. She's just, everybody's getting about to get hit. She's about to take out Go, uh, Gohan and Piccolo and everything. And meanwhile, Goku is super close to her. He's got the May, and he's just hopping, hopping from from little hill to hill, mountain to mountain. She says, "Not bad, but you can't dodge in midair." He jumps at her. She unleashes these two rainbow lollipop attacks and Goku does one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the history of Dragon Ball. He skids along the beam with his Kamehameha in his in his hands. He he uses that to sort of skid along her blast. And they slow it down and it is fucking glorious. It is glorious. And they slow this moment down. You can see the look in, in Kefla's face. She knows she's about to get her ass knocked out of the ring. Goku comes in, blasts her point blank range in the face <laughs> with a Kamehameha. And and I wanted to stand up and just give it a freaking standing ovation. Just, you know what, right, you know what, right here, right here. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> Slow clap into the he blasts her ass clean out that ring but not only does she go out the he she goes through the ring he blasts her through the ring through the ring and then we see the potara earrings getting destroyed in the process so we were i was wondering well you know this transformation this fusion is supposed to be permanent so how are they going to explain them separating well goku just destroyed the earrings so when she ends up on the sidelines, they're separated and they're back into Kale and Khalifa 
and I was sitting here with my mouth hanging open saying that that was the one of the coolest moments I've ever seen oh man I you know I just gosh I feel like I'm going to go back and watch this episode a few more times because I mean just just so good I mean when have we ever seen Goku do something that cool I mean I think back to his fight against Perfect Cell. I mean, that was probably the closest thing where he used the instant transmission and he teleported right in front of Cell and blew the top half of his body off. Like this goes right into that same wheelhouse for me. Oh man, so good. <laughs> I mean, he did. He went from the skid to the blast and they even did this little thing where they showed it twice. And I, I just love when they do that kind of shit because it adds more impact to the scene or to the moment just beautiful 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 <laughs> and most importantly kale and khalifa are out now thank goodness right <laughs> i mean i feel like most of us have been waiting on that you know i've complained so much about the two of those characters but i'll, I'll take all of that <laughs> i'll take i'll accept everything that they've done with these characters just for this moment when they get their asses blown out of the ring in one of the most devastating embarrassing sort of ways <laughs> in the entire tournament right so it's almost like it's almost like the writers knew it's like well at this point they're probably really sick of kefla so let's not only get rid of her but let's just uh, just have it happen in the most devastating way possible <laughs> And I love every second of it. My only thing is that now they're on the sidelines and they don't seem to be very hurt. <laughs> that's the that's the one weird thing about the tournament is that when people get knocked out of the ring, they don't seem like they're hurt at all. I mean, that was a point blank range Kamehameha to the face. Like they should be damaged, right? Shouldn't they be like mangled by that? But for the sake of the tournament, it just knocked them out of the ring and they're a little they're a little roughed up. But oh man. It was it was just epic. It was epic. And we're getting reactions from people on the sideline. Uh, and they remind us, you know, Vados is saying, hey, that's it. We only have two people left. It's down to the two Namekians, these Namekians that we just met and have really haven't done anything significant that we have noticed so far. They're the two remaining fighters left in Universe six. OK, so unless these dudes are super strong, which there's no way they're stronger than hit. Right. Then I don't think <laughs> I don't think they're going to be much of a problem. Uh, so this is where we kind of gets more into it. He's saying that, you know, he made a very good choice here because his, his stamina was limited. And he knew that, you know, with a close range, Kamehameha had the power that his punches did not have. And once again, we get a lot of, you know, exposition here from Weiss, but it's all very good stuff. He says that he knew that he could avoid her onslaught while he charged up. So he knew that he can get close to her because of his ultra instinct. That's the whole point of it is to be able to really sort of dodge stuff. Right. Um, and then he unleashed everything he had in one attack because he knew he didn't have that much strength left. I mean, it's just a great explanation. And then he says, and this is this is kind of explaining what the main problem here has, with Ultra Instinct has been for Goku and why he's been having these problems with his attacks doing much damage is that 
you know, with Ultra Instinct, his body is moving by itself. He's reacting without having to think about it. And that is sort of the explanation that I needed for Ultra Instinct, because I, I could kind of assume that. And I say, well, his instincts are super high. But so far, how is this different from from just being able to sense things? Well, he's not even sensing it. It's just happening. <laughs> it's happening by itself. He's, he's, he's his body is moving independently. He's not having to think about it. And the problem with his punches here is that if you're going to punch someone and you're going to attack someone and you're used to thinking about that, you're used to putting a certain amount of thought into how much power you're putting into a punch that is conflicting with his ultra instinct because ultra instinct is doing it automatically. So there's a there's a there's a <laughs> there's a conflict there between his conscious mind and the autumn the autonomous nature of this new technique. So that's why he's not being able to do as much damage as he normally would. Right. And man, this is one of the best written explanations of anything. I think, you know, with a lot of the other previous transformations and techniques, it's just like, oh, you know, he's just super, he's super strong and super fast now. You know, K.O. Ken is essentially that they always did say that K.O. Ken is it can it can kill you, though, if you do too much at one time because your body may not be able to handle that type of. Um, multiplication of power at a time, but at the at the end of the day, it was just kind of a power up, right? This is like this is so different. <laughs> this is such a complex sort of technique to think about making sort of a conscious decision and having your body do its own thing at the same time, <laughs> right? So it stands to reason that there would be some sort of a discrepancy there between the two. And uh, and we used to saying that to succeed, he must learn to let go, separating his conscious mind from his body so that the subliminal can take over. The question is whether he can do this in the short time remaining in this contest. Wow. And he says it's the most fascinating development to watch. And I a thousand percent agree with Weiss here. I mean, just. Everything that happened in this episode, how to explain Ultra Instinct, the explanation of it, I buy it all. It sounds phenomenal. It sounds great. It's, it sounds, I mean, I feel like the whole idea of Ultra Instinct probably came from some real life philosophical, you know, sort of perspective on conscious mind and, and body being, you know, uh, on an autonomous sort of thing. And I, I feel like they tied that into this technique and just it's just awesome all the way awesome all the way around so um we go back to dispo and and and, and jiren for a minute and jiren's just kind of watching and we know that uh oh you know jiren's like starting to be a little bit concerned now look out jiren <laughs> watch out <laughs> we go back to goku and he's kind of he, you know he's, he's tired he's worn out so he powers back down he says i can't hold this form any longer he looks like i'm out of energy I mean, a lot of stuff has happened in the past. You got we got to remember that only a couple of minutes have passed by in this entire tournament. So Goku's gone from level one to level two to level three to God to blue to Ultra Instinct. And he's done all of this shit more than once <laughs> in a matter of minutes. Um, and we get a little bit of a we got to get remarks from Frieza. OK, <laughs> he says heal quickly because. I need you to keep working on my behalf. And then we go over to Vegeta and he's like, if you can do it, obviously I can too. Well, that's the idea. 
That's that's that sounds like Vegeta all the way. And he says, you've gotten there first, but I will master it. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Uh, I don't think this once again, this technique doesn't seem to be tied into Saiyans specifically. So I don't know why he I mean, I don't think. Well, I don't think he means it like that. He's just like anything Goku can do. I can fucking do and better, even though he's always one step behind. And that is the tragedy of Prince Vegeta. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, man. So that pretty much does it for the episode. Goku is completely depleted at this point at this point. So it stands to reason that this would be a good chance for them to switch over to some of the other characters. Right. And because Goku's going to need some time to recoup strength and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully we can go and see what the androids are up to. We can see with uh, Gohan and Piccolo up to maybe we get some cool stuff out of that. But I got to say this once again, incredible episode, incredible. I mean, incredible action, incredible writing, just incredible everything. And most importantly, Kefla's out. <laughs> okay, that's it. Now, obviously, we haven't seen the last of these characters because they're going to be going over to the sidelines every now and then. And I'm sure they'll be giving their two cents and commentary on everything. But at least they're out of the damn fight. Right now we can focus on some of these other characters. So what do you guys think about that? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. I'm about to read some of your thoughts right now as we switch back into what are you saying? Once again, rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Let's see. The first email I have here is from Andrew. This is Andrew number one. Andrew, always good to hear from you, man. Long time listener. Uh, says here episode 116 thoughts hey there tim hope everything is going swimmingly first off i wanted to start by agreeing with you that all the kale califla kefla baloney is kind of frustrating with how supposedly strong they are they were some cool fights but i was very glad to see their combined butt get kicked out of the ring at the end of this episode i was reading something online though that i thought you and the listeners might find interesting Apparently in the manga, it was Gohan who fought Kefla and they were evenly matched to the point of uh, of both of them getting knocked out at the same time. Maybe some of your listeners have read the manga, but this was definitely news to me. And it would have been really darn cool to see those two throw down instead of Goku. Goku's Ultra Instinct stuff was really neat to watch, but you were right that they should have just give Goku a break in the show. One thing that has really been nagging at me for the past three or four episodes is all this talk of people, quote unquote, regaining their strength. Khalifa said it maybe three episodes ago, but after Kaba bought her some time to recover. They've been talking about it with Goku in the last few episodes as well. But the first 25 minutes of this tournament, everybody was supposedly not transforming into Super Saiyan so that they can conserve their strength. But now Goku is able to regain his strength while fighting as a Super Saiyan, then Super Saiyan 2, then beyond. And Khalifa was back to full strength after like three tournament minutes. It's just not consistent at all within even just the Tournament of Power saga. Well, anyway, I thought I would tell you about what happened in the manga because that seems like such a cool idea to me and a much better way for Gohan to get knocked out. Admittedly, I don't know how Gohan would get knocked out in the anime, but it seems likely that it would do him a disservice. It seems likely that they would do him a disservice like Dragon Ball Super has done in general with Gohan. Keep up the super job, Andrew number one. 
Andrew, always good to hear from you, man. Uh, yeah, I've been talking a lot about Kale and Khalifa and Kefla and Cauliflower and, and Khalifa Lee and, and Wiz Khalifa and all these people. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? I'm just glad to not have to talk about it anymore. I'm glad her ass is out of there. Uh, it's very interesting to know that in the manga that Gohan fought Kefla. I didn't realize that they were making changes of that level between the manga and the anime. You know, I didn't realize they were uh, like, that's 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 a major change <laughs> to, to go from Gohan. That's a completely different character fighting Kefla. Um, I would have loved to have seen how that turned out. I mean, obviously, you said it turned out with them both knocking each other out of the ring together. Um, I would like to have seen that. Maybe I'll, you know, Google the manga pages or something to just kind of read that and see how that happened. But, you know, just based on what i just saw it's hard for me to say that i'm i'm definitely <laughs> thrilled with what just happened i mean i i loved everything about the way this fight went down and how it ended and all that so um i'm definitely good with that but it's very cool to know that in the manga it just didn't happen like that and yeah obviously there's been a lot of inconsistencies with the powers and people were gaining it like I, like i just said right it's only been a couple minutes you know, it's been about 20 minutes or so, I think you said, in, in, in a tournament of power. That's a lot. Of, that's that's a lot to happen in a very little amount of time. Goku went from having like zero energy to working himself all the way back up to Ultra Instinct. <laughs> and now he's going to have to do it again within the next 20 minutes. But it's not to say that these characters can't do it. It's just they it's a tournament, right? So they have to push themselves harder than they've ever had to push themselves. So I guess that I guess in that way, it kind of makes sense that if they, they are capable of doing it, they just haven't had to really do it like this in any other situation. And well, you know, the entire fate of the entire universe is at stake, too. So I guess you can kind of maybe justify it with with that. Uh, but yeah, so, I'll you know, it's good to know that. And I'll be curious to see what happens with Gohan through uh, the remainder of Tournament of Power now, right? Because I, I, they still have yet to really give him a time to shine, I think, in a real way. I mean, they had a whole, they had an episode where it was like Gohan's like rage or something. They, I don't know, they said something and it just wasn't even that. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, the next time we see him get into something, it'll be impressive. Andrew, thanks for writing in again. Okay, uh, now we're going to... Yeah, we're gonna have Ricky's audio uh, email. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna play that here, and then we're gonna come back in a minute, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about Ricky's message. So, everybody, stay tuned here. Uh, this is Ricky. Hello and good morning, Mr. Tim Bridgewater. This is Ricky coming to you live from outside my place of work here in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, I wanted to sent an email talking about the uh, frame changes and everything that we've been seeing uh, in Dragon Ball Super, especially after you posted the uh, article. I went through it and read it and I watched some of the stuff and I went, damn, that those changes between the subbed version and the dubbed version are really immense, especially when you're considering the, uh, the Cartoon Network version, right? But I also had to stop and think like, wait a minute, I think I would have noticed something like it, it looking like that while I was watching. Why have I not, uh, why is this not like cross my mind? 
And the reason is, is so I don't watch the show through uh, Cartoon Network streaming service. I actually watch it through uh, third-party streams. And most of those, rather than sourcing um, the Cartoon Network Air, which some of them do, but not all of them, they actually reference the uh, Fuji TV Air. With, so the Fuji TV one actually has a lot less, it still has a little bit of the editing like we saw on the article, but it doesn't have nearly as much. So it's a lot smoother and thus it's a lot harder to recognize when they take out things like smoke screens and stuff like that, like in the fight between uh, Goku and Kalifla. Um, that all being said, I, I was just as surprised as you were. Um, if you are looking, I, I, I would say if you're looking for a site that doesn't have, uh, that, those, uh, frame changes, I'd say, uh, check out cartooncrazy.tv. Uh, most of their streams reference the Fuji TV version. Also to reference what another person said, uh, in their email where they said like, oh, there was a, a sub scene in the dub version for Fuji TV, they'll actually cut in before the opening credits a section from the show that is directly from the sub so that you could see that and then it goes through the opening credits in English dubbed and then the English show starts. So that might be what he's talking about. Um, yeah, man, it, it's always good to hear the show. Uh, keep it up. The fight between Kale or Kalifla and Goku is awesome. Uh, the turnabout with Ultra Instinct and uh, Khalifa going uh, Super Saiyan 2, I think that was pretty cool. I'm very interested to see what fight we're going to focus on next because it sound, it, at the end of this one, it seemed like Goku was really out of it. Uh, anyway, take care, Tim. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing, and we'll be listening. All right, everybody, that was Ricky. Ricky, long time listener. Ricky, good to hear from you again, man. I like this idea of you sending in an audio recording every now and then. I, I think that's a pretty good idea. kind of saves my voice a little bit, so <laughs> thank you for, for doing that. Um, yeah, so you were talking about the frame changes, of course. Um, yeah, I know that, That uh, yeah, that's something that's kind of been a, a common, uh, a reoccurring sort of topic because I you know I first kind of I first kind of picked it up just from watching the show and I talked about it on a, on a, a few of the episodes and I'm thinking well this looks weird it looks like they're just looping frames over and over again and it turns out they were doing that and then someone else shared the information and then I shared the article and we, we saw the differences between Fuji TV just regular sort of uncut even because even Fuji TV does some editing as well with the same sort of concerns about people with epilepsy and such like that. But when you get the Blu-ray, you're supposed to get the original, original version, I'm thinking here. Uh, and you said you were wondering why you weren't seeing that. It's because you were watching a different stream. So you said you mentioned a website here called uh, CartoonCrazy.tv. Yeah. So I actually went to that site and uh, because I always rewatch the episode, obviously, before talking about it on the podcast and then I rewatch it while I'm talking about it and I figured well I'm, I need to watch the episode again anyway so why not watch it on this website and just kind of get an idea of what you're talking about now I got about <laughs> I don't know five minutes into it and I couldn't watch it anymore because the, the buffering was so bad 
and you know maybe that's just the internet connection to where I am but it just it, I can't stand all that right I can't stand all that stuttering shit when I'm trying to watch something so you know uh, but I did see what you were referring to and maybe this is what Tan was referring to because Tan is the one who wrote in and, and made the comment about what's up with there being a subbed scene in the dub version well, now I see what you're talking about. Maybe that's what Tan was talking about, too. Tan, do you watch the show on one of these third party sites, too? Because it may depending on where you watch it, it may be different. Right. Because this version, uh, like you said, Ricky, there they played a little clip of the episode in Japanese. I don't know if it's just supposed to sort of get you excited or pumped up or what. <laughs> but and then it goes into the opening credit sequence for the English dub. Uh, and then they play the English dub. So maybe that's what you were talking about. So Tan, to answer your question, well, I didn't see that, right? Because I watched mine on the Adult Swim website, right? And they don't have any of that. They, you know, they, it just starts. <laughs> they cut out all that stuff. I've never understood why they cut out the little, you know how the Japanese version has the little, um, and now we're back sort of clips where they just show like the characters standing there and it'll say like Dragon Ball Super and then the episode will come back on. <laughs> like we don't we don't get those in the in North America for some reason. Even with Dragon Ball Z, we didn't get those. Maybe it's because they maybe change the commercial breaks to different points than they do over there. So maybe it just doesn't work as well with the way we broadcast. But I always feel like I'm missing something when I don't get those. So when I started buying the VHS tapes and the blue and, and DVDs and shit, and I started seeing like this little extra stuff, I'm like, man, why don't why don't we get that here? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's obviously been a lot of discussion about the frame rate changes and things like that, and you say, and that's why you haven't seen it is because you've been watching it on that website, and apparently, according to Ricky, you can get a pretty accurate version of it over there because that one kind of references the Fuji TV version, so it's not going to be completely un unedited, but it's going to be less edited than the adult swim version i'm starting to rethink all of this now <laughs> it, it, you know here we are all 116 episodes in the dragon ball super and i'm just now realizing there are better versions of this i could have been watching this entire time i mean obviously a lot of people would argue that the japanese dub is just better anyway but you know for for my or the sometimes i say japanese dub that's not accurate it's the sub right <laughs> Because it's not a dub, it's the original version. But I just I say that when I'm just because I'm not thinking about it. But for me, I always prefer the English dub, you know, obviously for many, many reasons. But now it's good to know that on this site, I can see a an English dub that has the Japanese Fuji TV animation. That's awesome. Uh, at least according to what Ricky says. Once again, <laughs> I couldn't watch the entire episode because it was buffering so damn badly and I needed to get moving. But um, it's good to know. And of course, you also had some uh, <clears throat> some some comments and opinions about this. Kellen Khalifla, uh, uh, wait, Kefla, <laughs> Kefla, and for some reason I separated them. Um, this column, this shit. There's too many K's, man. There's too many K and C words. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't say. I can't say Kellen Khalifla uh, and Kefla. Um, Kefla and Goku. Yeah, and you had some opinions on that, and obviously I just gave, yeah, I mean, that was, an, I just thought that that was just an incredible, incredible fight, and a very, very satisfying ending for this, you know, several episodes sort of annoyance 
that I've had with those characters. Not only were they, their asses knocked out of the ring, they were knocked through the ring and it, and, and it was just done in the coolest freaking way possible. Oh man, I'm just getting chills thinking about it again. I'm gonna go watch it again in a minute. Okay, well, uh, I think that's all I have by way of email. So um, unless I'm forgetting something, which happens sometimes, sorry. Uh, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast.gmail.com for our email segment called What Are You Saying? We're coming down to the very end of Dragon Ball Super. Obviously, I'm, ex- I'm expecting a lot of excitement <laughs> a lot of excitement in the remaining 15 episodes. Uh, for now, we don't know if this show's coming back or not. I mean, officially, and once again, even if it does, we don't know how long it'll be before we get an English one. So we're probably just going to start to wrap up the podcast. But don't worry, the Facebook page is still active. It will still be active. Uh, and the Patreon, which has just been launched. So we can talk about it over there. We can have all kinds of conversation and all these kinds of things and all the creative content and the videos and the songs and the drawings and photos and audio clips and just podcasts and whatever I can drum up. <laughs> As a bonus, I'll offer all of that over on the Patreon. So thank you guys for being super supportive. And just one more thing about the Patreon. Obviously, you know, there's no pressure for anybody. I know it's rough. It's kind of weird all of a sudden when you're used to getting content and all of a sudden someone asks for money for, you know, but I'm not. That's not really what I'm doing here. Obviously, the podcast is free, still be free. This is just bonus stuff because, you know, it's not actually easy making this shit every week. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever done a podcast, especially when you do it by yourself. Right. It takes a lot of time and editing and focus. And then I the whole process to even put it online is another hour just to export and upload and all this kind of stuff. So if I'm going to be doing even more content a month, then I think it's kind of fair to just ask for a little, you know, you know, little monetary, you know, backing <laughs> contributions to the creative process. So uh, ho- hopefully you guys will be interested in what I'm offering over there. And it could be anything, you know, right now I haven't set a certain amount of limit to what, how much stuff you'll get a month. I think it's safe to say you'll get at least two things. I mean, something Dragon Ball related and then something non Dragon Ball related for those people who, you know, have access to that or whatever. But it will likely be more than that. And it can be it can. There's no limit. Sometimes I come in and I just feel like talking about something that I saw on TV. And it could be something that I thought about regarding Dragon Ball. It could be a specific question you guys have about, well, what do you think about episode, you know, 98 when this person said this? Maybe I'll come in here and talk about that. There's kind of no limit to it. There's a lot of options to what we can do over there. So please, please, please go over there, become a patron, you know, contribute a couple bucks a month and uh, get a lot of awesome, cool content. Uh, and once again, I didn't I didn't think to check my reviews before recording this, but I'm always going to invite you guys to leave reviews over on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, etc. OK, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the podcast. Uh Please go over to Facebook page, give it a like and get join the conversation, get involved and uh, we can keep this thing moving beyond the end of Dragon Ball Super optimistically. OK, so I think it about does it, guys. So until next time for Rock the Dragon podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. I'll see you guys next time and uh, keep on rocking the dragon. <laughs>